Um, it, my mother was four foot ten. Four foot ten. She had a she had a beehive hairdo. I'm not going to make the joke. Oh, four foot ten, five foot two with the afro, with the beehive. That's jeez. Uh, so fucking sick and tired of hearing that. Sick and tired of uh, you know the one thing in Fletcher I liked was calling Dr. Rosen um, and uh, Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase looked dressed up in a in in some scrubs and says, "Hi, my name is Dr. Rosen." And he goes, no, no, my name's Dr. Rosen Rosen. Um, no, Dr. Rosen Penis. Dr. Rosen Penis here. Funny, funny stuff. But I want to tell you about my mom. She was, uh, she was a great lady. And, um, I, I, I don't know if I can talk about it. That's a little bit too, uh, a little bit too sensitive. Luckily, uh, well, I'll tell you about what I did last night. I, uh, had recorded a big, long, rambling uh, hour, 45 minutes, 50, 55 minutes, I think, holds this, on, on, on religion, and man, it just got way out of, way out of hand, it wasn't mean or anything, but thank goodness, because I don't talk about religion, and I like to stay away from politics, I just want to, I just want to get some things out of uh, my experiences in life, I've, um, I've lived a very interesting life, and Jesus, people like to hear, and people like to talk to me about it, and man, I'll get people coming up to me, Jesus, want to sit with me at the bar, I'm not the most popular guy, but I'm, you know, relatively friendly, I don't, if I go out, I really don't drink much anymore, and, uh, that's where, you know, that's where, that's where I'll see people that I, that I knew know, and, uh, I don't want to, my life's radically different, but I, um, I want to tell you that uh, this is going to be one story, uh, a smaller, a smaller, more efficient, kinder Brent, Brent, Brentcast today. I was, uh, one year in the spring, the Minnesota Timberwolves, this is when I've been living in Minneapolis, one of the beautiful cities, one of the most beautiful cities in the United States. Uh, if you can get there, absolutely, it's, it's breathtaking, wonderful city, parks, lakes, beautiful downtown, uh, it's really clean, very clean, nice, they got the best music, uh, enough for my plug in Minneapolis, because I'm not even getting paid for that, one night we're downtown at Target Center, we're watching the San Antonio Spurs take on the Minnesota Timberwolves in, I, I can't remember, it was either... 2000, 2001, 2003, 1999, something at that time, those years, uh, those years kind of run together right after I graduated school, twice, in 97 and, uh, 98, and I, uh, I just cut it loose, just cut it loose, making a lot of money bartending and, uh, working my ass off and playing, playing hard, so we go to the game, and it was awesome, I got to see Tim Duncan play, Got to see KG. I mean, I'd, I'd been to quite a few games, but I never saw Tim Duncan. And my God, he was just the prototypical basketball player. Didn't complain. Got out there, scored when he wanted to. Got rebounds when he wanted to. And he always wanted to play defense as hard as anyone I've ever seen. So me and my buddies, we, uh, we go to the game. We get out of there. And uh, about a block over, there's this, uh, there were this club. There's this club. Um, it used to be owned by Prince. It was Glam Slam, and I, you know, I, I can't remember the name of it in the late night, you know, early 2000s, late 90s, 
but it had three levels, three levels, and the top level opened at nine, and the game was over just about nine, so we were waiting to go up there, buddy of mine, Bernie, he had a, uh, a friend of his worked up there, and there were no cameras or, or any sort of security to watch the bartenders, so we all walked up and uh, gave the bartender $75, and we had whatever, we got whatever we wanted, you know, it's uh, just kind of a barcode ethic, and all of a sudden, we kind of get split up, and that rarely happens, cause especially at that place. I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable there a lot. It was uh, pretty shady. Um, a lot of, well, it, it was just shady. Seemed it was just a lot of prostitution, and, and I thought what might be human trafficking. I don't know what the hell it was, but I start talking. This this girl comes up, and uh, she's she's African American, and I and she God, she was beautiful. This black girl. And uh, I just loved standing there and talking to her. I was making her laugh, smile, you know. I was getting some eye contact, and she didn't. I don't think at first she wanted to talk to me, but she kind of she kind of brought it up. And uh, all of a sudden, we were talking for maybe fifteen minutes. I'm drinking a beer. We sit down, a little kind of ex- seclusive, <laughs> reclusive table. And um, she goes up and she said, uh, "Hey, can I? Uh, I'm going to go to the bar. Uh, do you want a couple drinks?" And I said, yeah, can you uh, get me two, two tap beer, two Miller Lights? Normally I order Miller Light by the fours because I, I drank a lot and I drank really fast. And, and all of a sudden she comes back with two Jack and Cokes. And I hate that. I don't like Coca-Cola and I don't like Jack Daniels in the least. I am the worst person you want to see on hard liquor. So she, you know, we're sitting there and I, I that, that's fine. It was, in, it was at 1030 at night. I can do that. And um, all of a sudden, I've started drinking it. It feels kind of, it tastes kind of fishy. Taste, uh, tasted like if you've ever had a penny in your mouth, you know, coppery, kind of a, kind of a metallic taste. And I don't know what it was, but I slammed it, and then I, you know, went up to the bar and got a couple beers. And uh, she's sitting there smiling at me. And all of a sudden, I start wobbling. I start wobbling, so I sit down, and well, t- I. I'm, I forgot the part of uh, every time I go town, downtown, I usually, uh, I usually carry about $600. And this night, I ended up carrying uh, a little bit more because it cost about $200 for some scalp tickets down basically on the floor. It was incredible seats, and it was well worth it. So I had uh, at about $700 um, after I'd paid for the game and then, you know, gave the bartender roughly $100. So I mean, you know, I'm sitting around, I'm sitting on four, four and a half hundred dollars, four four fifty, and she's sitting there, and uh, you know, I was dressed well. She could tell that uh, I had come from, well, wherever I came from, with uh, you know the good graces, the good English, the uh, well, she could tell that I wasn't, uh, you know, didn't come in off the street, sleeping in an alley, uh, in a box. You know, she knew that my house wasn't a box. She asked me where I lived, and I said, well, you know, I live in Uptown. She was like, oh, that's nice up there. There's only rich people up there. And I said, no, no, there's a lot of students. There's a lot of university students. It's kind of like a commune, and it was like a commune. On my way back, on my way to a bar, I would stop. You know, people would see me, hey, Brent, you know, we had, like, God, the building next to me had had, had a right around maybe 60, 60 apartments. So I know the majority of these people that live there. I know their cars, and because we parked right there, we knew each other. After a couple of years, we'd, you know, they'd just stand on the, you know, if they saw me walking by, they'd say, Brian, come on up here. 
come on up there and everybody in there. Well, I can guarantee you one thing. Everybody in my neighborhood smoked dope. Smoked a lot of weed. So I'd go up there and blaze. And then I'd uh, sometimes stay there. Uh, sometimes make make my destination to wherever it was I'm going. Okay, but that's enough about Uptown. So it was uh, upwardly mobile. You know, I did, uh, I did, I did really well, but the people were, you know, 25 to 35, and, uh, I think I was 28 at the time, so this girl, you know, this, uh, this young lady, very beautiful, dressed well, um, just a, just a beautiful face, beautiful skin, beautiful everything, she brings me that Jack Daniels, and, uh, and I slam it, and then I go get those, go get two beers, and, uh, she's still sitting there, and, all of a sudden, I start to get woozy and double vision, and I'm feeling awful. And I thought, I thought, Jesus, did I just have a, am I having a stroke? Am I having a stroke? And I thought, okay, left arm, is it numb? Is it numb at all? No, left arm wasn't numb. Chest pains? Yeah, I had chest pains. I had chest pains, felt like someone was, felt like, felt like Tim Duncan was standing, standing, standing on my chest and jumping. And then hitting my chest, so I uh, my 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 heart was beating, and it, I thought it was just going to absolutely explode. So you know, I, I sit there for a while, and I'm sweating, sweating, sweating through my clothes, sweating through my clothes, and uh, I I try and look at the girl, and she starts smiling, and uh, she starts laughing, and and then she, you know, I I kind of close my eyes for a second to try and get my bearings. And I felt her, you know, feeling my back pockets for a wallet. I didn't have a coat or anything that she was going through. It was uh, in the spring. And uh, then she started, you know, trying to get in my, my front pockets, whereas I, the only thing I'd take out was my driver's license and my money. So I had a good, solid 450 left. And from then on, the only thing I remember, I knew I had to get the fuck away out of that bar. And uh, I told her, I said, look, no, I, I made some... I said something like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going. Bye. So I go out an exit door that it's the other part of the building was like a bunch of offices or something. So I was down these stairs, you know, three flights of stairs, and I'm weaving and wobbling all over. And all of a sudden I decided, well, the only way I'm going to make it down is if I just sit and go stair by stair. And that takes me about 20 minutes. So I get to the bottom there was a uh, a doorman, a security guard, at, down at the door from getting people that want to go in to the back door and not pay the cover. And he, I remember him asking me. He was a big guy. For some reason, I I remember he, he just a just a just a big guy. You know, he's carrying batons and mace and all this shit, everything but a gun. Uh, he asked me if I'm okay, and I shook my head. And he says, uh, he said, where do you need to go? And I showed him. I couldn't say my, I couldn't talk, so I showed him my driver's license, and I remember he helped me outside, and he hailed the cab, hailed, he, you know, he called on a cab for me, and at that point, I don't know what the hell happened, this is about 10 o'clock at night, and a cab stopped, and then he walked away, and I don't know what happened until the next day at about noon, so I'm in downtown Minneapolis, about three miles Four, four or five miles away from my apartment. There's no way I could walk. I have absolutely no idea what happened. And my next memory was waking up on the floor of my apartment. My roommate, he'd been kind of walking around me because uh, 
because I was in the way and he didn't want to wake me up because I, my pants were, were ripped open, wide open. And uh, my, I had a, just a tear, a tear down my, just below my knee that uh, I ended up getting stitches. And uh, hold on for just one second. 